Welcome to Palace Confidential, the weekly podcast all about the royal family where we assemble some of Britain's most fabulous experts and commentators and delve into the news coming out of the palaces to keep you royally clued up. I'm your host, Joe Elvin, editor of the Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Palace Confidential on video. And welcome to Palace Confidential, your weekly look at all things royal, brought to you from Mail Plus HQ here in Kensington. I'm Joe Elvin, and we are kicking things off this week with the news that the royal family did not want to hear. Prince Andrew will face a trial to determine a civil case in the US brought by Virginia Roberts, who claims the prince sexually abused her. He denies the claims. The Daily Mail's Stephen Wright, who was in the US following the case, has shared his thoughts. Prince Andrew suffered a devastating blow in a New York courtroom judge there has rejected his claim that Virginia Roberts's uh, lawsuit against him should be thrown out on a legal technicality. In so many words that in 2009, Virginia Roberts, now known as Virginia Jufre, uh, had signed a waiver not to sue any other defendants in the Epstein case when she reached a $500,000 deal for compensation with him. The judge in New York has rejected that and the case at present is proceeding to trial. The next steps are that each side will be able to ask each other questions, depose witnesses, get documents in advance of the trial. Virginia Roberts' legal team will be looking for, particularly, is uh, flight logs, uh, which show who were on the planes uh, with her uh, at the various locations where she said she was forced to have sex with Prince Andrew. Uh, She said she was forced to have sex with him in London, New York and St. James, the Caribbean island privately owned by Epstein. I am certain that her legal team will want to get access as well to the records, the work records of Prince Andrew's Scotland Yard uh, uh, protection team. He had uh, at least one uh, officer with him at any one time as he travelled overseas. I know there are two actually with him in New York in April 2001 when uh, the alleged second sex session happened. Um, So that's key for them as well in building a picture of who knew what because Prince Andrew claims he can't remember even meeting Virginia Roberts at, uh, in, in London at Ghislaine Maxwell's house. He claims he, even though there's a picture there to, to jog his memory, he can't remember that. But Scotland Yard uh, records should show his movements that night because he had a protection officer with him. The issue is whether there will be a settlement. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out here and say I think there will be a settlement. This will not get to court in New York. That is my firm prediction. I cannot imagine Prince Andrew flying into New York, turning up at a courthouse in his favourite Bentley from the British Consul General's house. I do not expect that at all. There will be a settlement. There will be a lot of bluster. There will be a lot of um, poker being played in the coming months, I expect. At the end of the day, I, he, he, I just cannot see any circumstance where this will, the evidence in this case will be heard in public. Let's turn now to the Mail's royal editor, Rebecca English, for more on that story. Rebecca, how do you think the Queen is feeling about all of this and the, you know, the, the wider staff at the palace? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I couldn't attest to how the Queen is feeling personally, but I know the atmosphere at the palace is pretty bleak about this. I mean, look at the newspapers and the television today. It is wall-to-wall coverage. It's a PR disaster, and it's a very difficult situation for them to handle.
And now, I know that the Palace has effectively been keeping Andrew at a bit of arm's length and not getting involved in his defence, but do you think that is set to change? Yes, I mean, all we've seen from the Palace at the moment is a kind of straightforward, we wouldn't comment on an ongoing legal matter. But I just don't see how that is going to hold. While, while it is fair to say they shouldn't comment on the proceedings, there's still the matter of the fact that Andrew still holds a number of uh, official roles and military patronages. Admittedly, they're in abeyance, but, you know, they're, they're, they're holding at arm's length. They're, they're still keeping it close enough. And I just think the public attitude now, and this is what I've been told and what we've reported in the mail today is that certainly the feeling internally is they feel they need to cut him properly adrift. Wow. I mean, that is quite a statement, isn't it? But in Andrew's camp, they've played this really all along quite bullishly. Do you think that has changed at all? Well, actually, they've now uh, overnight referred to, <laughs> reverted to their old uh, practice of saying no comment, which is a bit surprising considering it didn't really serve them that well the first time they employed this, this is why they've ended up in court in the first place. Um, and whatever the merits of the allegations against him, it, the way it's come across, the kind of legal actions he's taken up until this point, seems to be like Andrew trying to wriggle off the hook rather than kind of face his allegations head on. Now, there may be some kind of legal strategy to that. And if so, I think they need to get on the front foot and start explaining that. But at the moment, it is a deafening silence from Andrew's people, despite what happened in the US yesterday. And what can you tell us about how this kind of civil court case in America would work? Are we actually looking at the possibility of seeing a member of the royal British family being grilled on video by lawyers? I know when you say that, Joe, I mean, I think we've got so used to the kind of lurid headlines over this. Every time, every now and again, we need to actually kind of pinch ourselves and take a step back and realise what we're saying. You know, a member of the British royal family is being accused of rape and sexual assault. I mean, it's a very, very serious allegation. One, as you rightly say, he strongly denies, but a very serious allegation. Now, I'm told, although they're going to now move apace, unless Andrew's team can find another legal avenue to go down. They're going to move a, a pace with the kind of deposition process. Um, I'm told that actually can take place in private if a court gives permission for it. So although it will be videoed and recorded, we might not necessarily see it. And even when it goes to trial, he doesn't actually have to either appear in court on person or via video. His lawyers can do that for him. But of course, legal experts have warned that if he chooses to do so, it might not be a very good look for him. So either way, I mean, I think one legal expert summed it up brilliantly yesterday that uh, Andrew only has bad options in front of him. And now it's up to him to decide which of the best bad options he's now going to pursue. But if Andrew did decide that that a, a legal representative would um, take those questions, because my understanding is that they can ask him all sorts of personal questions. Is that right? So how would that work? And that is absolutely true, Joe. I mean, they 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 cannot ask him anything they want about his kind of sexual history, relations with other members of the royal family. They could even pull in other senior members of the royal family they feel might have uh, light to shed on uh, on events. So, uh, all in all, it, the thought of him having actually to sit down and give a deposition is not one that's going to feel inspire him with. Uh, 
much confidence. I suspect these lawyers will will try every avenue, they'll pursue every avenue they can to make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, 2022 is already looking like an extraordinary year. Thank, thank you, Rebecca. We'll come back to you in just a moment. But for now, let's bring in our panel. Joining me this week is Charlotte Griffiths, the editor-at-large of The Mail on Sunday. And of course, The Daily Mail's diary editor, Richard Eden, here for all these Edenites again. Uh, now, Richard, but would it be right to think that the eternal optimist, Andrew, is really, you know, feeling a bit smarting and, and being stung by this news? My goodness, the atmosphere must be awkward now. I mean, I think all the way along, he's promised people, he's promised his own mother, you know, don't worry, I'll sort this out. There's no merit in it. He's promised his daughters, his ex-wife, all of them. And now here we are, faced with a trial. You know, it really is every royal family's worst nightmare. And, and there's no easy way out. Mm. Charlotte, I think it would probably be fair to say <laughs> that um, he hasn't really thus far won the PR war in this whole sorry saga, but is there any way to? I don't know. The problem with Andrew is that he's a walking PR disaster. Um, you know, dating back to Emily Maitlis, which was now two years ago, every single step from well, that moment. Well, even dating back to Air Miles Andy. Yeah, I mean, the moment <laughs> he was born, he just yeah. was a disaster. And it's because of this um, pomposity and brashness and overconfidence that everything will be okay. And, and unfortunately, that has now finally come to an end. For sure. I mean, you know, as we must keep stressing, Prince Andrew has denied all of these allegations. But Richard, today in a piece by Richard Cale in the Daily Mail, he says that, you know, while he's protested his innocence, that, you know, whispers in the palace, are, why hasn't he managed to convince the world of this? Well, I think it's it's extremely hard, isn't, isn't it? I mean, as Richard's points out, he has no good options. Um, and I think now, frankly, this has to be taken out of Prince Andrew's hands. He's been allowed far too much autonomy to deal with this. And I think that the Queen, the royal family, the whole household need to get a grip so this doesn't completely overshadow um, the Platinum Jubilee year. Mm. I mean, how they do this, I think the only way is that he has to be stripped of, of everything immediately. They need to announce almost immediately that he will have no royal role again, that he will not use his titles, that he will step back from um, his army um, honorary roles, and that, that at least they need to put that clear blue water between the royal family and Prince Andrew immediately, I think. It's so interesting, Richard, mentioning the, the jubilee there. This mm -hmm. thing has so many potential tentacles and you know it must mm. be terrifying the palace to think that there will be other senior royals brought in to testify in this i mean could we see princesses eugenie and beatrice being dragged into this yeah apparently so and the thing is about beatrice is she's being dragged in because it was her that went to a 12 year old's birthday party in pizza express so she's going to be dragged in to, to, to talk about the fact that she went to a 12-year-old's birthday party when she herself was 12. I mean, I wonder if that even that 12-year-old birthday girl remembers. Yeah, I mean, who would remember a 12-year-old's yeah. party? And she, she's got a vaguely clear slate, Princess Beatrice. I mean, sometimes we tease her for her fashion choices, but she's basically a good working... Well, she's not quite a working member of the royal family, but the Queen really is very fond of her. And, um, you know, this is, she's now going to have her reputation dragged into this whole quagmire. Do you think that maybe it is time, Richard, for Andrew to change tack on this and release some sort of statement? I think, um, although it should be taken out of his hands, I think they should let him at least pretend it comes from him. So he needs to announce, <laughs> he needs to announce, it, I'm stepping back and I'm doing it for these reasons. So, sure. But in terms of the court case, you, 
you can't allow it to happen. That's the problem because it will be um, so embarrassing and so painful. Um, and, but the only way to, well, two ways to avoid it really. One is to settle. But we have had um, his accuser's lawyer today has openly said that she will not settle unless he admits wrongdoing. Well, Prince Andrew can't admit wrongdoing. I mean, he's denied any wrongdoing to the Queen, mm. to his family, to everyone. He can't turn around and then admit it. So it, it's a real problem for him. I mean, the only other option might be um, to have no further dealings at all with the court case. And then he, he will be found... Um, it will, the case will go against him in his absence, but at least then he won't have admitted anything, I guess. Gosh, I mean, let's bring Rebecca English back now. Rebecca, we've alluded to this on the programme before, but this it really is an unprecedented one for the royal family. And surely this constant threat of upsetting headlines must be just hanging over them. It is. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's hovering over them like a, a sword um, in the in the background with everything that they do. Um, and with the Queen's Platinum Jubilee coming up, as you rightly say, uh, that's something where they want to focus on the positive contribution the Queen and the monarchy has made to this country. Um, and yet you've got these kind of lurid headlines um, uh, going on on a daily basis, which is why, I, as I said before, I understand they can't comment on the legal process itself, but they need to take charge of the problem, the, the man-sized problem that is the Duke of York. And what do they do with him? And the answer is to make sure that he never has a role in public life again. It doesn't mean he's admitting these allegations are wrong. But what, what I think we've seen over recent years, by the way, Andrew and his team have handled this, is he is guilty of making incredibly bad choices in terms of the people that he associates with and uh, some of the decisions he's way made in the way he lives his life. And I think if they were a politician, uh, they would be told to uh, get out of Parliament and hang their head in shame. And I don't see why a member of the royal family shouldn't be any different. How likely do you think it is that what you've written today could happen, that the family would, you know, want him to be cut adrift, as some people are suggesting? I actually think there's great impetus for that, but it's a question of how they do it kind of politically within the family. Families are complicated, aren't they? Uh, and, you know, there must be sympathy for him as someone who is a relative, but they also have to kind of look at the kind of the institution, monarchy PLC, and work out, you know, whether this is right for the brand, and, and, and clearly it's not. What would that even mean in essence being permanently cut adrift just sort of like you know driving around the estates at Windsor what, what, what do you think that looks like for Andrew's future? Well I mean as man who's long held uh, you know or privately harboured a desire to return to public life in some way shape or form that won't be a particularly edifying prospect for him but you know it doesn't mean that he isn't part of their family and for example i'd i'd fully expect whatever happens for him to be at the memorial service in the spring for his late father because you know as i say he's still a, a member of the family but i think when it comes to official any official royal role such as you know the platinum jubilee celebrations or anything like that that he would not be considered as a a senior royal um, and I just think that's the only way for them to kind of get some clear blue water between them and him. And who do you think would be um, the driver of that decision? Is this something the Queen would have to weigh in on or do you think she would pass this unpleasant baton to Charles? 
I do think she would pass the unpleasant baton to Charles. I mean, it, we've got to remember back into this is something that they have been deeply concerned about for some time. And back in 2019, after that disastrous BBC interview, it was Charles who, who basically went to his mother and said, this cannot continue. He was backed by Prince William, who was kind of finding his voice for the first time as a kind of senior player in the way things work behind the scenes and and they forced the issue andrew was allowed to make it look like it was his own decision but it was very much they that forced the issue and i suspect mm. that's what will happen again this time unless andrew decides of his own volition to um hand back any of those titles he has in abeyance but he's not shown any desire to do it so far so mm. we shall see and in other related Andrew news, he has resolved the issues over his Swiss ski chalet, which um, should mean he can raise some much needed funds for this legal defence. What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, this originally actually was an exclusive in the Daily Mail I wrote about 2016, quite a while ago, saying that he bought this chalet. And I remember at the time saying, I've got no idea how on earth he afforded it and clearly Andrew didn't have much of an idea either because as well as taking out a mortgage he had to kind of promise to pay this uh, French socialite uh, some money in cash which him and Sarah weren't able to do so and she took court action against him now that that debt which amounts to potentially as much as six million pounds has been paid but of course we don't know what cash that leaves him left with once he's cleared his mortgage and any other debt so you know, it's being painted as, oh, this is an ability to, you know, this is a, a way for him to fund the court case in any potential settlement himself. But I wouldn't bank on it because, you know, as I keep on saying, while they're much richer than us, the members of the royal family aren't cash rich, the tune of five or ten million pounds that's been reported he might have to pay uh, Virginia Giffray. Gosh, well, thank you very much, Rebecca English. Let's bring our panel back in now. He's never far away from controversy, oh, Andrew, is he? <laughs> Goodness me. Let's look at this Swiss chalet. It's hard mm. to say Swiss chalet, Charlotte, yeah, um, especially chalet. with Charlotte. But um, <laughs> obviously it's good in the sense, and I think the public will be gratified to know that the Queen won't be footing any legal bills with, with that assistance. But mm. this chalet was meant to be a nest egg for the children. Yeah, and they were all there um, over New Year, from Boxing Day to New Year, partying away without him. They all had a big um, party and they were there till 3am, actually in a neighbouring chalet. Um, but what's really sad about that chalet is it's supposed to be for the family to get together. And Andrew wasn't there. His grandchildren were there. His daughters were there. His ex-wife was there. And they were all enjoying a lovely holiday. And he just couldn't even show up. He had to be in hiding from his own chalet that he just paid six it's million quid. I mean, yeah, I feel very sorry yeah. for him. Come on, Charlotte, can you imagine? It wouldn't be a good look, would it, if there he is on the slopes, you know? No, but exactly. <laughs> but it was really embarrassing in Verbier for the, for the whole family that did go. Because, you know, yeah. there's a massive elephant in the room, which is that uh, Andrew's not here. And the girls had to sort of face that down socially in Verbier. Well, I heard that Fergie barely left the chalet, you know, which sort of kills the whole point of a holiday. No, she did. She did. She went well, to go and visit her friends. she must have known it was imminently up for sale, so, like, getting the most out of it. Yeah, no, there yeah. was an element of that. There yeah. really was. They were, like, going to enjoy a holiday. But she spent a lot of time with her ex-boyfriend, Paddy McNally, while she was there mm. um, and some other friends. Um, and she wasn't actually at the chalet for New Year's Eve, which is probably wise. You can't be seen to be partying until 3 a.m. in your own chalet. That, but no, I know. mean, weren't the finances for that chalet absolutely well, fascinating? I was going to ask you, they 
was, uh, again, controversy mm. around the chalet. What can you tell us yeah, about it? Yeah, I mean, well, I remember when Rebecca broke the story about their purchase of the chalet. I mean, it was a real shock because he bought it in conjunction with his ex-wife. There aren't many people who buy mm. property with their divorced uh, spouse. So that was intriguing. And I think then it came out that it was meant to be, as, as you say, a family place that would be a sort mm. of nest egg for the future or whatever. But then, bizarrely, he seems to have bought it on the promise of more money coming. Well, hmm, where did that, where was that money due to come from that then didn't appear? Yes, yeah. that's a very good question. Uh, yeah. um, we probably yeah. shouldn't speculate, to be honest. No, so it's, it's very intriguing. And the chalet's proof that um, on a personal level, he's not very good at man managing trades. Uh, you know, buying this chalet with six million quid missing was an extraordinary thing mm. to do. And the, the woman who owns it is a friend of his who now bad mouths him whenever she can at every opportunity. I mean, it's an extraordinary bad move, the whole thing. But look, on a positive note, at least it might mean a that he'll, <laughs> he'll be able Love to, you, if there is a settlement yeah. with um, his accuser, he might at least be able to say that it's his own money that he's paid. I mean, can you imagine if it's, you know, our queen who's having to um, pay money to a victim of... Um, Sex trafficking. Yeah, but who gave him the six million pounds to plug the gap that he owed the socialite who owned it? Uh, it's all very That's murky. speculation for another day, perhaps. <laughs> Let, let's move on, there. Charlotte. Like, looking at the Jubilee now, which, you know, we face up to nine months of build-up for this. Mm. And it feels like many, many months whereby this amazing celebration mm. is going to be overshadowed constantly mm. by this. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, I think it will be. And it all kicked off earlier this week with a really sweet story about the cake that's going to be, there's going to be a competition to see if there can be a Jubilee cake. I mean, look at that story in conjunction with this Andrew story. It's like murkiness <laughs> versus this sweetness and light story. And the murky stories are just going to drown out any positive, sweet little cake-related Mary Berry stories. You know, it's just, it's a real shame because it should be a really positive build-up and it's going to always be juxtaposed with, uh, you know, very murky stories. I'm going to um, ask you a really hard question, Richard. If you were sort of advising the palace now, what, what can the royal family do? Well, I, th I think straight away, you know, almost by next week, they should get an announcement from Prince Andrew that he's stepping back completely from royal life. And then that is a bit of blue water between them and then maybe um, at least whatever happens in New York they can say well he's not a member of the royal family mm -hmm. anymore he's not a member of the firm obviously he's always the Queen's son and there will always be um, reputational damage but, but I think that that's a first step um, but other than that I'm not sure I mean mm -hmm. as you say jubilees are such joyful events you know we kind of mark our lives by these these jubilees and you know, street parties and everything we just want him well away um, before the festivities start. <laughs> do, you think it, do you think it is time for him to say something, Charlotte? I think it is time for him to fall on his sword. And I think the royal family would do well to make it look like they pushed him into it, actually, because if they can distance themselves even further by saying, you know, we encouraged him to fall on his sword, then I think it will make them look good. Um, I'm sure that's what Charles would be angling for. Well, that went quickly. That is all we have time for this week. My thanks as ever to Rebecca English, Charlotte Griffith, Stephen Wright, Richard Eden, and of course you for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.